Hello and welcome to The Fathers, episode number 18. We're two different kinds of fathers, a married dad of five kids and a Catholic priest. We're friends talking about sports, beer, movies, Apple products, and the everyday joys and challenges we share in common. I'm Don Bettinelli. And I'm Father Chip Hines. I, I, I said Apple products, Father Chip, because, of course, we've been sitting here. Uh, Killer. On, <laughs> wasting time? Wasting time. Wasting time. Instead of recording our podcast, watching the Apple keynote yes. and, and planning our future purchases. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and our future savings of money to do so. Yeah. I, I have to say, I'm, I, I, I came in today, as usual, saying, well, okay, there's nothing that's going to be announced that I'm going to really want. I'm going to get the new iPhone, of course, because it's my time. You know, I get a new phone. Yep. Um, and I'll, I won't get the top end mythical thousand dollar phone. Uh, I'll just get the uh, regular one. Well. And then I watch the keynote. <laughs> and now I'm like, ah, how do I come up with the extra bucks? Well, that's the problem, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was with you. I was like, oh, I'll just get the eight. You know, yeah. but then I watched the thing for the 10 and I'm like, I want oh, it. I want face ID. I want face ID, man. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't you want me? I, I, I don't want to press buttons like a barbarian. barbarian? That's right. I mean, this old uh, iPhone 7 Plus, it's it's archaic. It's savage. I have a 6 Plus. I don't even have a 7 Plus. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the other thing, the, the funny thing was we, we joked about it was they spent like 40 minutes, 45 minutes talking about the iPhone 8 and how awesome it was. And then basically went on to say, well, the... It, the 10's really the best phone. Yeah, the 10 know? is the best phone ever. It's the best phone ever, so don't even bother with that other crap. Don't get the 8. I yeah. mean, come on. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't get, we don't even want to sell 8s. We, we only sell 8s because we know there are poor people, you know? Yes, exactly. So uh, apart, so apart from uh, Apple gear uh, that we may or yes. may not buy someday. May or may uh, So It's been a couple weeks since we've been together. We, yes. uh, we had an unexpected uh, delay to recording. Yeah, we should have recorded last week, um, but unfortunately, um, I was in agony. Um, it's in, well, was it, it was, a long trip, or did just yeah, <laughs> agony it was. It was a long trip to agony. Uh, actually, by Tuesday, I was starting to feel a little bit better, but um, but on that Sunday previous, I I couldn't even function as a human being. I was in so much pain, and um, it just it did get progressively better until then. On Thursday, I had the the tooth pulled. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, pro the agony was Problem from, was, uh, a, from tooth. a bad tooth. Yeah, yeah. it was. A, it was a, the tooth was dead, and there was a, actually an infection and a cyst, believe it or not, underneath Ugh. where the tooth was. So not only did he pull the tooth, but he cleared a cyst. And I, you know, don't ask me how that stuff happens, but so the doctor got an assist. Yeah, he got it. He got an <laughs> assist. Yes. Very good, Dad. Thank you. Yeah. Dad jokes. For our, Dad jokes. Yay. Um, so, yeah, no, it was it was something else. But better now. Yes, much better now. That Well, the tooth is gone, so um, <laughs> right now I'm, I, have an empty, I have an empty spot in my mouth waiting for the uh, implant that I'm going to get. I, so I had something happen. Uh, we're going on like nine years ago, ten years ago now, um, where... I had this, I didn't have dental insurance, so I didn't go to the, like, I, I was avoiding going to the dentist. Right. I had this toothache, and it kept coming and going and coming and going. I just kept ignoring it. And then, uh, you know, it was in my molar, um, and one one day, uh, what we, were, we were, like, we had gotten Chinese food, and I was eating, and she'd all of a sudden, like, crunch down on something in the food, and I kind of spit it out in my hand, and it's a piece of tooth. Oh, yeah. In been fact, there. so the tooth had dis disintegrated in my mouth. Yeah, I've been there. So uh, I went to uh, my the, the, the local dentist, D Dr. Fang. No way. Yes. His name is Dr. Fang. I would not go. Out on principle, <laughs> I wouldn't go to him. <laughs> Dr. Fang of Salem, who was, he was actually pretty awesome. Uh, and uh, he, he extracted the rest of my molar. Uh, he said, there is another molar under there, and it may or may not come out on its own. Never did. Oh. So I have three molars. Okay. But I know I know where you, what you're talking about. I know. Yeah, about it the was pain. just it was just not fun, and you know I I I was feeling a little bit better on Tuesday, but I wasn't a hundred percent, and I just wasn't you know I just wasn't in a place where I wanted to be yeah. dri driving and doing a podcast and talking about stuff. So yeah, um, so we didn't do it, and uh, here we are. So uh, I so I will give everyone an update because I know everyone is breathlessly awaiting uh, the news. Oh yes, of my patio saga. Ah, the, the patio. The patio is done. It is. Thank, I can attest. Thank God. It is done. It is done. Uh, I eventually was able to figure out how to 
uh, compensate for uh, the process that my father-in-law used <laughs> and figure out how to lay them flat. Uh, tip for anyone who just wants to build a patio. Uh, don't get the 12 by 12 or 16 by 16 uh, pavers that let, you know, they look like a bunch of pavers that are cemented together mm -hmm. thinking that's going to save you time. It makes it harder to get it level. Because now you've got this 16 by 16 surface that you're trying to get level as opposed to, uh, you know, four by six or whatever the the, the paver is. Yeah. So don't don't think you're going to save yourself effort by, by getting the bigger pavers. That was my my mistake. OK, um, but I finally got them down. Most of them are level. Not all, but most of them are level. Um, I ended up uh, getting four by four uh, pressure treated four by fours and putting them all around. And uh, we have this gazebo sun shelter cabana thing um, on it, and which my father-in-law put together first so that we had to build the patio under it. Of course. So we had to keep lifting it up in places. So I, and then I had to figure out how to anchor that down. Uh, Did I, you? Yeah, I got uh, these anchors that screw all the way into the ground. They're like two feet long. It was ridiculous getting them in there. Um, and then this wire system. So we'll see. So is it safe to say you're going to leave that up? Well, the snow falls. Oh, yes. In fact, you can buy a center post that you put up in the winter to give more support to the center of the of the thing. But you do have to roof rake it. I, I have a roof rake, so. But you do have to clear the snow off. Ah. You can't leave the snow on it because it would collapse. Um, so, happy. we've And we've been using it. I got my grill right outside. That's true. He's oh, been using it. It's really, it, it's been really good. Uh, really. I'm, I'm glad that it's done. So that's great. No, it looks, and it looks good too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what else is new? Um, uh, what else? I mean, of new? course there's lots going on in the world. True. Fire, flood. Yeah. Uh, hurricane. Hurricane, uh, wind. Yeah. It's crazy. Huh? Um, you know, I mean, it's just, I guess the, the, the latest thing that's kind of bugging me about these hurricanes and stuff and, and whatnot is it's just the, this assumption that it's climate change. You know, that because we never got hurricanes before. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the thing, you know, but of course, this is the worst recorded hurricane. Yeah, it's the worst recorded hurricane. There might have been hurricanes before that that weren't recorded yep. and well, were much worse. In, you know, in, in, the, in the 1700s, people did not record barometric pressure and wind speed. Right. They didn't know when a hurricane was coming until it was on top of them. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I mean, I get what people are saying, but the other, well, here's another uh, fact that kind of came up. Um, in between 1930 and 1960, there were six, I think it was six, no, I can't remember, five or six major hurricanes that hit New England. Uh, you know, the last one being Hurricane Donna. Big, right. These are bad hurricanes. Right, right. Since then, we've had like one or two that were still hurricanes, major hurricanes that it directly uh, impacted New England. Was Bob one of them? Uh, I don't think Bob was still a hurricane. Oh, I think okay. Gloria was. Gloria, I remember that one. Um, Bob might have been another one, but... Um, G-L-O-R-I-A. Yes. I remember that. Gloria was the one that knocked the tree down onto my brother's car. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he had moved the car from the driveway to between the houses. Safety, quote unquote. To keep, put it, make it safe. <laughs> And so in the eye of the storm, uh, my sister and I had wandered into the backyard to kind of see what was what was up. And then we heard a big crack coming from our neighbor's yard. And I saw this tree falling straight for what looked like straight from my bedroom at the time. I'm like, and then it, 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 it did uh, land next to the house, but on top of my brother's car. That's hysterical. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. I'll put the car here. It'll be safe. Yeah. Bad idea. No it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it's luck of the draw. I mean, could have. Did he have been... insurance? Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, I just, I listen. I just don't think you. It, it's a bad hurricane season. That's what it is. And next year, there there could be zero. And right. what does that mean? Just like the winter of 2015, we got a lot of snow, and then the next oh, winter we didn't. That 20. Don't even bring up 2015. Oh, but I'm ready. I'm ready. You're not going to get any snow this year. You know why? Why? I bought a new snowblower. Snow <laughs> Excellent. Good going, Dom. So I had this snowblower. Awesome. That I bought when I moved, when I bought this house. I hadn't had a snowblower before. Uh, and I said, when I, if I own a house, I'm owning a snowblower in New England. So I got this one. It's an Aaron Snow Tech single stage. And 2015, it broke. Like, it literally sheared off bolts in the body. It just, it, it killed It was it. a tough winter. That was a tough winter. My brother repaired it for me. He's he's a he's good at mechanic stuff. And, he is, uh, and he uh, 
we we got out there and then like last year it wouldn't start unless i sprayed carburetor fluid into it which was a bad sign yeah that's and then by good. the end of the year it wouldn't even do start with that so Ugh. i'm like i couldn't take it to a to a small engine guy and have them fix it and i'll pay 100 150 bucks or i could maybe get 50 bucks for this and just go buy a new snowblower that i know is going to work for another 10 years um true i did some research and basically they said if you live above uh, north of i-90 uh i-70 okay that's the one that goes across from pennsylvania yep. across the country you should not buy a snowblower that costs under 500 dollars. oh wow and you should not buy a single stage snowblower okay so i got uh what was it was it did it end up being the tour i think it was the toro uh it's a it's a hybrid it's a special thing but it's a it's it was the top pick on the wire cutter or their the sweet home and a couple other places um it, you know they used it in new england and in buffalo for two winters oh wow and so if it can survive buffalo it can yeah it can yeah do the job so um i'm it's actually supposed to be delivered like today or tomorrow um great but uh so you can all, anyone from New England can thank me. We're going to have a nice, easy winter with no snow. I'm loving it. <laughs> Should buy a new one every year. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So, but, but as far as like the hurricane and stuff, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I watching the Harvey stuff. Like, I, I, w for the people who got hit by Irma in, in, the, in Florida, I'll just say in Florida. Right. I mean, it was bad yeah. for them. I mean, it's. It was really bad. But comparing it to. Harvey. I mean, Harvey was a, a a whole order of magnitude different because of it was about the rain. It wasn't about the wind so much. It was just the 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 rain. I mean, it was a lot of water. There was a lot of water. I mean, just the crazy amounts of of flooding, uh, which they're still dealing with. Uh, my brother is actually he's a truck driver. He delivers fuel, and uh, the company he he uh, he he's independent but works for a uh, he's contracted by this company. They they got volunteer drivers who were gonna who were going down there to deliver fuel everywhere to mm. deliver gas good to tanks because you know all the fuel shortages that they've been having right um, just so that people can get can get around uh, so yeah I mean I I had a bunch of friends in Florida who uh, who all skedaddled out of town a lot of people did um, just to, to see an or a lot or of people stayed down. around though too. yeah some hunkered I. You know, some of the ones who skedaddled, they said, you know what, if we'd stayed, we would have been fine. But, like, they had little kids. Why take a chance? Or his wife was nervous. Right. I mean, there's, there's a fine line, you know, talking about being a dad and being fathers and men. Right. There's, like, like there's, there's one thing to be, you know, macho and I can... Ride it your out. Your first and... job is to protect your family. That's right. And you got, and, and so you got to take it into account. So. I, I agree. I mean, that's... If you yeah. can go, go. Right. And I mean, some people, they don't have the means to go anywhere. They don't have, True. you know, you got to rent a hotel or if you don't have family elsewhere, you can't afford to True. to go places. I mean, maybe they, they couldn't get out, but, but for those who could, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still, it was amazing to watch the devastation as, as Irma kind of swept through the Caribbean and, oh, yeah. and see the like total islands just totally wiped devoid of civilization. Oh, St. Martin, they, they said. Uh, Seventy percent of homes destroyed. Yeah. Barbuda, ninety percent of homes destroyed. destroyed. And then Jose on the way through again. I next. Know. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Uh, crazy crazy season. And some of the stories from from then, um from down there, there was uh some young women who had been on vacation and uh the basically the hotel manager said, You be careful in your rooms. There are uh there, we've reports of men uh, assaulting women in their oh, rooms, man. And just like oh my gosh, get those girls off the yeah, island. Exactly. Uh, some of the cruise companies have been ferrying uh, U.S. citizens and other citizens of other countries. Weren't they sending the Navy down there too? And yeah, yeah, they're doing some rec uh, recovery work and all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. it's just the amazing. I mean, they were already in in Houston. I mean, they're gonna. But but from what I understand, I actually haven't checked the the news today. I've been looking for like how bad was it in my in in Southern Florida, like. Miami was fairly spared. I mean, they had a little bit of flooding, a little bit of damage. They had a couple of cranes got yeah, yeah. got ruined, but not like well, the Key West got pretty pretty. Key West, Key Largo got pretty slammed. And, did they? I mean, yeah, houses and, destroyed. And, and, well, destroyed is a tough word. I see, mean, I'm, I'm comparing. But I mean, Naples, and you yeah. know, I mean, it wasn't like the it wasn't, it wasn't like, like Andrew. Well, and it wasn't like the islands where yeah. you know. I mean, 
Here's the thing. I mean, in the United States, our construction code is far superior to right, especially after Andrew. Yeah, and and so the uh, and the homes are built to withstand a certain amount of this, as opposed yeah. to you know Barbuda, where I'm sure the you know the, right. the code is uh, hey, slip me ten bucks or whatever, and you know right. you know build and what you build can what you, you want. Can. Yeah. See, I remember in '92 when Andrew went through Southern Florida, like seeing pictures of of a bare um, slabs where houses were. I mean, that it really wiped things off the map. I, I, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen that sort of picture from Florida yet. No, which is good. No, uh, in the Keys, what was what they showed? What I was seeing last night on Fox News was uh, on Tucker Carlson's show was uh, mostly boats, like and houseboats. Yeah, those things were pretty much destroyed. Yeah, either destroyed or or sent out to sea somewhere. Um, so, you know, it was and which is it, bad. It is bad because honestly, that's where how some people lived. Like that's how they that's lived. Their house. That was their house. Yeah. They lived on a houseboat, and uh, that's just not the case anymore. Um, there were people trying to ride out the storm in on their sailboat. Oh, crazy! They had to send out in the middle of the storm. Sheriff's department had to go out in their boat to save them. I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, that's just irresponsible, you know. Yep, it really is. And I don't know. I just it was. Uh, yeah, it's been a weird, weird week and a half. And then uh, the the fires, which have not gotten as much attention as they deserve. True. Um, uh, our mutual friend, Father Corey Stika, up in uh, Montana, Montana, has been yep. uh, you know given some news about that. And I mean, millions of acres burned. Yeah. Uh, they they got some rain this past week, which was which was That's good. That's good. Um, and but they said they won't. They, they don't think they'll fully be, be out until the first snow. Which yeah, in I Montana remember. I saw him saying. Yeah, away, yeah, I was gonna say. I only got a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. But uh, so that's the yeah, world. just very strange, strange, strange weather week. But you know, I mean, these things happen from time to time. Yeah, it may seem like it's happening all. Oh, you know, but it it, it look every hundred years or so, weird things happen. Yep, it just does. Yeah, you know. Yep. I mean, this is not the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> Thank uh, you, REM. I, I don't have that queued up, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, way to go. All right. So, what I do have queued up is uh, our next segment, oh. which uh, is going to be about what, what, is are, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? And why isn't it playing? <laughs> and it's not playing. So, all right. Well, well, what are we drinking, Dom? We, we are bumperless at the at the moment. Oh, bummer. I like the buffer as well. I'm drinking. It's called Autumn Winds. Best beer, and it's from uh, Gray Sail Brewing, which is out of Rhode Island, and uh, it's good. It's it's a really, you know, it's a it's an autumny, you know, fall like beer, but it's still got that crisp taste that I like, that kind of refreshing taste, you know. It's it's got a golden color, yes. uh, uh, like a golden brown uh, color. It's 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 you yeah. can see through it. It's, it is. You can see through it. It's not cloudy. It's it's uh it's it's really it's good. It, it tastes good, which is important to me. Um, it doesn't have aftertaste, which is important to me. Um, and uh, I just I I I've, I'm impressed. I like it. Um, good. Yeah. So mine. Let me see if I can get this bumper going. But uh, no. Anyway, mine is. Um, from who's it from? I didn't look and see. It's a Fourteenth Star Brewing Company out of Vermont. Ah, uh, Vermont. Ah, uh, Vermont. And it's Maple Breakfast Stout. It's way past breakfast. Yes, right? yeah, I know. If you're drinking beer for breakfast, uh, well, but it says it's brewed with real maple syrup. Wow. Um. However, can you taste uh, it? You, I cannot taste any maple syrup in there. No maple syrup taste. I mean, you know, maybe it's. I mean, it's brewed with it. I, I, I believe it, but not enough to really. I mean, double check, take another sip. He's taking a sip, ladies and gentlemen. This is compelling podcasting. Compelling podcasting. He's um, sipping. Yeah, there's, I mean. No. No, I mean, there's a sweetness to it. I, I, I'll give it that. So it, it's, it's really, it's a stout. It's, it's dark. It's thick. Uh, great. In a, you know, in the winter, something hearty, you know, the fall. Yeah. But and there is definitely a sweetness a, to the a roundness in the in the in the taste uh, as as you drink it, especially in the uh, in the finish. Um, okay, but it doesn't taste like maple, which you know can be good, can be bad. I mean, there there might be a, a, just a tiny hint of it, or that might be psychosomatic. Ah, uh, uh, 
yeah. But uh, you know. Oh, hey, there Lord we go. Lord loves the drinking man. He sent honky tonk angels to the promised land. I hear that he can turn the water to wine. Any man that can do that, oh, he's a good friend of mine. I drink the Okay, so well, we already talked about what we drank, so I'm not sure what we're gonna do now. Well, I I just felt like I needed to hear that. Uh, yeah, you were you were determined. I was missing it, yeah. so uh, it, it required a reboot of Evernote. But uh, so uh-huh. now, um, well, now that we've talked about what we're drinking, uh, let's talk about sports. Sports. so funny story about the uh here's the pizza yeah, I like so, this story. So we're, we were watching. We, we had to explain this before. It was from the from the broadcast of the, of the Red Sox. Uh, yes. And so we were watching the storm coverage the other day, and there's this you know stupid reporter standing there like ooing and aahing over like fake every, fake it, every, faking every quiver, it. Every, yeah, every quivering sign and blowing leaf. Oh and then, no! And then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh look at that! Oh, some debris is flying by!" And it's this big like piece of cardboard. And I'm like, I can just wait for the thing to hit him in the head with it. And then Anthony, my my six year old, goes, "Here comes the pizza." <laughs> That's that is classic. I about died. That was awesome. That was <laughs> my great. kids are getting my sense of humor. Yeah, they're they're getting something. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, yeah. Well, the well, we were watching with the uh, was it, uh, Star uh, Star Wars the other day, and when Darth Vader throws the Emperor. Uh-huh. Uh, down the, oh, yeah, the shaft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My eleven uh, year or uh, nine year old says, "As God is my witness, I thought emperors could fly." <laughs> <laughs> I was could, I was never prouder as a dad. <laughs> it was great. They anyway, may spend too much time around. They may spend too much time around me. I'm a, I'm a bad influence. Uh, uh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> So um, speaking of sports, because we're talking about this other stuff because yes. we really don't want to talk about what... Well, the Red Sox are still in first place. Red Sox still... That's right, folks. So that's it, a good thing. They, thanks thanks be to Apple Watches for that. Yeah, amen. <laughs> thanks be so, to Apple Watches. So let's Watches. get this straight. All right. So the, the you can steal signs in baseball. That is legal. You can have a well, guy... Well, it's not illegal. It's not illegal. You can have a guy in the in the bleachers... You were looking through binoculars, watching the signs, the the catcher, catchers given to the pitcher. Yes. Ta- and then calling some guy in the in the clubhouse who runs down the hall to the dugout and relays the signs. Which would take too long. Right. So what apparently was happening was they said like they were receiving the signs on their Apple Watch. You're not allowed to use technology. The only communication device allowed in the dugout is the phone to the bullpen that's right and so the some one of the coaches i'm not sure it wasn't the manager it was one of the coaches i forget forget which one yeah it's 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 a little little fuzzy but yeah he was getting he must have been actually i think the trainer had the apple watch trainer right trainer had the apple watch on he was getting a signal from somebody uh, a text message he was getting text messages and he would say to like dustin pedroia this is what it is and Pedroia would somehow manage to get it to either the hitter or the right. base coach. And, the, and somehow, I still don't think that was a real efficient system, but... It, it probably didn't give that much advantage. I would say not. I mean, probably trends, but nothing... Right. Because you can't, even with a text message, you're still not going to get instantaneous... Well, it's, uh, information. it's not going to get to the batter... It's not going to get to the batter quick enough. Right. Right. So... Now, if the batter had an Apple Watch and, had, and right. was able to look at it, 
<laughs> he's doing the um, Nomar Garcia para yeah. waving his hand in front of his face right. going, oh, look at that. Oh, it's going to be a fastball. Excellent. <laughs> so they would, but everyone like, they got all over the news because it was the Red Sox using Apple watches. Like it was like this, uh, it was this Apple watch thing hook to the story. Well, it was an Apple watch. It was, that's what it was. But, but it was essentially just getting text messages. Right, but they were using an Apple Watch, right? So they called it Apple. Yeah, I mean, if it was using if it was using uh, a Google Glass, which would actually be kind of cool, it would have been Google Glassgate, but nobody uses Google Glass, so no. And that doesn't sound too cool. <laughs> it's not as cool as Apple Watchgate. So it's Apple, Apple Gate, but but it it didn't give them that much advantage. I don't think and so. Every, and every team steals signs. Yes. Uh, and then really, the, the easiest way to steal a sign is to kind of give a side eyes side eyes glance out of your peripheral vision. To what the catcher's throwing down anyway. Exactly. Exactly. So in in the in the first and the third base coach can see most of the time can see what the, the sign is anyway, and he can give you a signal. Right. So it's it's not it's they steal signs all the time. It's not a big deal. And uh baseball clearly doesn't think it's a big deal. And I you know, but whatever. They're still in first place. That's all that I care about. Right. And uh, you know, they they look like they're gonna be in the playoffs. That's a good thing. So, shall we talk about the other? Well, I mean... The Thursday it, game? It's, a, it's one loss. It is one loss. They can't win them all. They're not going to win no, them no, no. all. They're supposed to win them all. No, they're not going to win Tom them all. Brady is supposed to win Did they always. win all the games last year? No. Of course they didn't. He wasn't in four of them. <laughs> oh, man. He played in one of the ones they lost. Actually, it's not so much the uh, the losing as it is the the hurting. The injuries. Yeah. That really... The injuries are bad. Like, I mean, Edelman before the season even started. Yes. And then Amendola now with a, with a concussion. We don't know how long he'll and, be out. You know, it's just, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, Hightower? Hightower. It looks like he might play, though. I don't know. But, you know, even then, is he going to be playing hurt? You know? Who knows? I don't know. It's, it's just, it's worrisome. It's worrisome. It is, but, you know, and I never... Brady wasn't I ne- as sharp. Brady, like, had some very... Yeah. Open, uh, open guys who he overthrew... It worries me. Don't be worried. Oh, it's Tom Brady. I mean, the Chiefs. Not, work. This, not to take away from the Chiefs. The Chiefs, Chiefs were played, good. Chiefs played a good game. They had a good game. They, they. I mean, they have some good players out there, and uh, yeah, they do. And they, and and honestly, let's be let's be truthful. They, some of them were playing over their head because they were playing the Patriots, playing up to their competition. playing up to their competition. And I really believe that. I mean, now, of course, not you. The problem was the field, the turf. <laughs> Well, if you haven't heard, the, pa- the Patriots this week it, have yeah. re- are, are replacing the AstroTurf, which they just put down last year. Which they just put down this past spring. This pa- right, right, this past spring. Which Be- was replacing the turf they put down last year. Right. They can't seem to get a good turf. Um, you know, I in, there's it's just the turf's a, the turf's a, a problem now. Why they don't continue? Why they didn't continue with 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 natural grass, which is there. When the stadium opened, it was a natural grass stadium. Yeah, um, is beyond me. I think it's because it got torn up. It gets torn up so bad. It does, but so this stuff here doesn't work that great. I mean, it's just right. You, there are places that still have turf. The problem is, and this is, I don't want to be complaining about the crafts, but they want to have their concerts and their tractor pulls and their, you know, all this other junk that they want to use the stadium for because they want to make money off the stadium when there's no football games. I get it, um, but. You know, there's ways of doing it that don't, you can still do it with a grass field and other stadiums do it. And, um, I just, I just wish they would go back to grass. I think grass is the best way. It's the, it's just the best. It's the most natural thing to play on. It, it just is. It's, yeah, it's a natural form of football. Yeah. Which is like, are there many, many, uh, outdoor non-grass surfaces in baseball? That's a good question. I don't think they, so. There used to be there more used to than be. there are. There used to be. It was like sort of the future is going to be these like playing surfaces. Well, that was the that was the that was the thing, right? The in the know, concrete bunkers. The concrete bunkers, exactly. Like I think of uh, the old stadium in Cincinnati or Shea Stadium in in New York or the old Pittsburgh uh, yeah, Three Rivers Three River Stadium. The big donut, right? I mean, they just all went to this artificial turf because they thought, oh, this is the way it's going to be in the future. So we need to continue to do that now and and so they did and what they found was that the technology wasn't that great back right. then and there was a lot of injuries and so the the, the the stuff that the patriots use is different from astroturf it's not like a carpet laid over rubber like it used to be it's actually like individual blades of plastic right with 
this pseudo dirt right under it um, right. that gives that gives it traction and more of a feel of running like on a, grass like, and a, dirt. like yeah like a natural so like you'll see a guy slide in and you'll see a puff of like Stuff. looks like dust right off you know uh, and it's it's actually the rubber the rubber dirt yeah the ru- um, rubber dirt the rubber dirt because god forbid we use real dirt <laughs> we need so, to invent rubber dirt so it's not the curse of the madden cover well no because julian edelman took that <laughs> right. he took that he loves tom brady so much he, he took the curse he took the curse on himself he took the curse upon himself he took the curse injury that yeah. is a team player now that's could, a team player of course right. could it have been like somebody we don't really care about. i know right <laughs> time for somebody to step up but jules loves him so much yes so. yes they're they're buds hey listen you know what they're not going to win every game i never expected them to win every game every game i just it takes the pressure off you know if they go 0-2, I might start to worry, but I don't, yeah. I mean, especially the way New Orleans played last night, I just think they can beat New Orleans pretty well, and I'm not too worried about it. Who's them. up next? Is it? New Orleans. New Orleans is Sunday? Okay. That they're in New Orleans, which shouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Go Pats. I feel better. Thank you for this Patriots therapy session. There you go. Glad I could help. <laughs> so, moving on to our main topic for today. We wanted to talk a little, get a little political, but but not not, not super too political. political. But this is more about um, about being Catholic, right? Uh, so there's a, a, a judicial nominee. Uh, Trump has nominated this judge uh, or this Amy Barrett. She's not a judge yet. She's actually law a professor, law professor yep. at, at Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame to be a, an appeals court judge, uh, one of the uh, federal circuits. Yeah, I think the seventh. And uh, so she had her confirmation hearings last week before the uh, the. Uh, justice uh senate justice committee judicial committee yep and um there were a couple of comments made principally from diane feinstein the senator from california california um basically attacking her for being an orthodox catholic and and also uh senator dick durbin from illinois who an act who's, who's supposed to be catholic who actually said the words are you an orthodox catholic Right, right. Is it, it like as as in is that you know as in it's a bad thing? Right. Um, based on so it's it's all sort of based on some things that she has said uh, in her, her teaching and in some other uh, speeches she's given from well, a Catholic perspective. And it's her life. I mean, she's she's a mother of seven kids. Right. So, right. She's a Catholic mom of seven kids who lives her faith. She right. lives her faith. She's a practicing Catholic who right. believes in her faith. Yes. So Dick Durbin criticized Barrett's use of the term Orthodox Catholic, insisting that it unfairly maligns Catholics who ho- do not hold uh, Orthodox positions on abortion or the death penalty. Uh, although, oh, boo-hoo. Although, what is the Orthodox position on death penalty? That's the question. Well, boo-hoo. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, well, I would argue you're either Catholic or you're not. I mean, he says, "Did you do you consider yourself an Orthodox Catholic?" Which rings to me a lot like, "Are you now, or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party?" I mean, it's not quite McCarthy-style blacklisting. Oh, but, it's up there, but dude. it's got an echo to it. Yeah, no, it's it definitely is, and uh, you know, it it kind of. I mean, when I first saw it, I I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, I mean, I, I when when I when I saw the Feinstein comments first i was like that's pretty bad you know right. the dogma lives yeah, uh, strongly it within the you dogma lives loudly within yeah you. L- loudly i know okay great okay that's pretty but it's, then it's kind of dumb but it's yeah, bad but it's bad but it's not but as, not as bad as are you an orthodox catholic i mean because would he say that are you to a jewish person are you an orthodox jew or would he say that to a, a muslim are you well, an Orthodox Muslim? I in, mean, in fact, people of other faiths have come forward and saying this is dis- disturbing because Amy Barrett is not some wild-eyed, oh, God, fringe no. radical. No way. She's just she's a straight down the middle mainstream Catholic. She is. And what does this mean? Like, does this mean that no one of faith is allowed to uh, hold position in government? Apparently, that's what it means. Well, that's the implication. That is the implication, and I and I and that's why it bothered me so much was because. It, it it's it's it smacks of this is the latest tactic of the of and I'm sorry to point point this out the Democratic Party to um, rid government of people who are people of faith. Right. This started with Chuck Schumer about uh, ten or fifteen years ago. He started doing doing this sort of thing about focusing on 
Orthodox Catholic belief or, or evangelical Christians and, and those who hold it to a deep traditional conservative faith point of view. Right. Uh, this was never done before. You know, even even nor should it be. No, no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be a focus. So this is this is one of the things of when Feinstein's office was asked for clarification. Oh, this, this is even worse. One of the things that they pointed out as as disturbing to them, speaking to the 2006 Notre Dame Law School graduating class, Barrett said, your legal career is but a means to an end. And that end is building the kingdom of God. If you can keep in mind that your fundamental purpose in life is not to be a lawyer, but to know, love, and serve God, you truly will be a different kind of lawyer. If you, if you keep in mind that your purpose in life is not about being a lawyer or a doctor or a, uh, a, uh, whatever I do, <laughs> yeah, whatever that <laughs> whatever is, whatever it is that I do, or a carpenter, <laughs> or your purpose is to know, love, and serve God. That right. is, that is not radical. That that's, is, that is the, the most basic. That's pretty fir- mainstream Catholicism. Right. That's Baltimore Catechism first first page right it really my purpose is. in life is to know love and serve god and live with it be live and be happy with him in the next right in this life and then be living with him in the next right i mean that is basic ball and they're they're pointing that out as if that's um she said something bad like like you're like she's well like the implication, she's a nazi well the implication is is it's not about being a good lawyer you must use your legal career to advance a religious doctrine and that's, that's not that's, exactly what she said. That is not at all what she said. That's not, I mean, not even close. She's saying, you know, being a lawyer is not the end all and be all of so life. Who you are, right. Right. Or whatever your career is. You, there, there's more to life than being, uh, than, than your job or career. No, in fact, what I think she, my interpretation of what she's saying is that you, your main job, your main focus in life is to know, love and serve God. That will make you a better lawyer. Right. Here's something else she she wrote in 2015. Life is about more than the sum of our own experiences, sorrows, and successes. It's about the role we play in God's ever unfolding plan to redeem the world. That sounds lofty, but it's about taking the long view. Do we success see success through the eyes of our contemporaries or through the eyes of God? Do we focus only on what God does for us or also on what God can do for others through us? And and again, Feinstein like makes this sound like what is so bad about that? She makes it sound like that God's unfolding plan is to defeat the Democrats. Right. And to end abortion. I and mean, which, you know. Well. Well, yeah. I mean, in a way. But that's not what she's saying. Right. She's not saying we, this God's unfold. God has a, a political agenda. No, no, no. Because. It, it's not. A, I mean, but this is. But that's what it is. The, that's what they think. Of, they think everything's a political agenda. Well, this is part of this a symptom of the of the much larger problem in our society today, which is that everything must be political. Right. You can't read a movie review, a restaurant review, uh, an article about a vacation without without reading something political. It's it's true. You're right. I Every, mean, it, everything, everything is. Yeah. Right. Everything must be viewed. So you know, if you're if if it's an article about going to the supermarket, there's there's something political about going to the supermarket. <laughs> what supermarket did you go to? Did you go to Whole Foods? <laughs> did you? Did this the 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 movie reviewer for the for the Boston Globe is a guy named Ty Burr. He's Ty been Burr. doing it for yeah. ages. So he had an article about the the very stinky movie summer movie uh, selection this this year. Yes. There's only been a few standouts. Right. Uh, a Wonder Woman, yep. Guardians of the Galaxy, yep. um, and some others. Um, Mostly it's been crud. But it's been a pretty bad. And so he came up with these reasons. And one of them was, um, well, people didn't want to escape uh, to the movies because the world is so bad around them. It felt like cowardice. I'm like, no, that's precisely the opposite. Like, like that's not what that's why you go to the movies. Right. He had, he had a conclusion. I need to bash Trump somehow uh, with this. And therefore. Uh, people aren't going to the movies because Trump is Trump's so bad. Fault. Whereas if it was a, a record summer of movie sales, let's be honest, he would have said, well, that's because everyone's going to the movies to escape, to escape from the from reality Trump. of Trump. Right. I mean, and, and whether you it's like Trump, Trump, Trump or not, Trump can't win. Right. Well, it's whether you like Trump or not. Right. It's again, it's everything is about politics. You just can't escape it. It's I mean, true. Even, and we're doing it. I mean, we're doing it away here, except it's just to point it out and to say how unfair it is. Right. Because, by all accounts, and I mean, I know this is a kind of circuitous route, but I know someone who knows someone who knows Professor Barrett and has met her and talked with her and had broken bread with her and has said she's one of the most delightful people you'll ever meet. You know, just a re- regular person, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is a practicing Catholic, 
Yes, but yes, she'd be a great yeah. judge. She she actually believes what the church teaches. Right. I mean, she's frankly she's come she she's come out and said basically that some conservatives and some conservative Catholics might not like how she would rule. She didn't she hasn't said that specifically, but she's talked about how. Well, she's also talked about recusing herself. Right. She said uh, she's argued that a judge's uh, no, that's that's uh, Feinstein. Um, she said. Judges cannot, nor should they try to, align our legal system with a church's moral teaching whenever the two diverge. Right. In other words, it's not a judge's, judge's job to fix the moral problems in the law. Right. That's a legislator's job, and that's Correct. a voter's job. Right. Uh, the judge's job is to discern whether a law is, whether, whether something is in line with the law or a law is in line with the Constitution. And, and the irony is, this is the kind of judge that Feinstein would want. Well, this is what she should want. Right. Um, but, but she, you know, I mean, this was, this is what Scalia was about. Scalia always said, you know, if, you know, uh, it's not, he's not anti-abortion. I mean, personally, he thinks abortion is horrific, but from a legal standpoint, he was not an anti-abortion judge, quote unquote. Right. He was an, a, a strict constructionist. Correct. It's not. The, in you know, the constitution. The rights uh, that are found in Clark versus uh, Connecticut and the privacy right. Griswold versus Griswold, Connecticut. Griswold. I always, I always, I know I always do the Clark Griswold <laughs> from vacation. The Griswold versus <laughs> Connecticut, which was the privacy right that right. later got expanded in Roe v. Wade. Right. Those principles are not found in the Constitution. And never mind Casey versus Planned Parenthood and the Sweet Mystery of Life clause. Oh, well, Dom, it's in, it's in between the letters. Right, it's, it's woven in between woven the letters. In between, in between. It, it it's not in the words themselves. <laughs> it's somewhere mysteriously in between the letters. Yes, woven in there, in the ink and the paper. Well, it's the spirit of the Constitution, just like the spirit of Vatican II. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so well, I mean, what are we trying to say? We're, I mean, I think what we're trying to say is Professor Barrett would be a great judge, and you know she's being persecuted because she's a Catholic. And That's what we're saying. Well, and, and I want to make a point it's that we're entering a phase in our country we, where we can't let them get away with this, where, where they're, they're marginalizing people who hold standard, mainstream right. Christian beliefs. Correct. I mean, you, this should not, they should not be able to do this. No. Um, so, by the way, um, I have seen quite a number of people selling T-shirts and other things with the dogma lives loudly within me. That's uh, great. Slogans on it. I may buy one. I of those. think I'm going to go find one. Uh, or and actually, I think a great one would be it says um, the dogma lives loudly within me and on the back and also with you. <laughs> I think that would be great. Not or, in with your spirit. Oh, well, it might be in with your spirit. I think it may, it may be the there better. There you go. Um, if we get to I keep like that. that, that sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I, I read those articles and. I, each article that I read, it got worse, and I just kept yeah. on thinking to myself, "This is insane." So this is a mainstream, normal person, right? So if you haven't, if you haven't read uh, anything about this, or you want to read more, I've got uh, two links I'll put in the show notes. Um, one from National Review, and one from uh, New York Times, an opinion piece by uh, Sorab Amari, who is a, a British citizen who is converting to Catholicism from. Uh, I think he has on. converted. Yes. Well, yeah. he's, he, he said he's a recent convert. Recent convert. Yeah. yeah. He's, his story is actually an interesting one. And if you want, you should Google him too, because, you know, his, uh, he's got some interesting insight into the yes. whole process of converting from being a, a, a marginal Muslim to a, a, a mainstream Catholic. Right. It is a, uh, it is, he's not doing this without personal cost. It, he's not. It's really, it's, it's yeah. interesting. It really is. So, uh, so, so that's, so that's. What we have to say about that? Yeah, we. What, what, did we have any? Oh, yeah. You, we, we have to do the pick of the podcast. Yeah, we do have to do our picks of the week. So, but if you have any uh, thoughts on uh, Amy Barrett, yeah, let us know. Uh, let us know Feinstein, what you think. Any funny sayings uh, you want to add to that? Uh, let, let us know. Uh, send us some feedback. Uh, feedback at thefathershow.com dot com or uh, social media or anything like that. So, uh, but in the meantime, just to wrap up our last segment, why don't you pick a category in the dirt? Ah, yeah. What a pick. What am I supposed to do? Pick up Bart. Pick up Bart. Back-to-back picks. Alex, would it be all right if I picked the next category? And a great pick by Davis. Okay, Keely, you're our return attempt. You pick. And that is picked off. Pick a little dog, little pick a little dog, little cheap, 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 talk a lot, pick a little. <laughs> That's my favorite part. <laughs> So, 
That's just so funny. These bumpers are as much for us as it is for you. They really are for us, not for you. So. All right, you go first. Well, I'm going to pick a novel I just read. Uh, it's in the continuing um, world of uh, Robert B. Parker's Spencer character called Little White Lies. And it's written by Ace Atkins, who's taken over the Spencer series uh, at, upon the death of Robert B. Parker um, almost seven, year, seven years ago, actually. And uh, it's the latest installment. And it's, I think he's finally kind of coming into his own. Um, the new guy, the new guy, Ace Atkins. I think he's coming into his own with the Spencer character. And, you know, I think what I just like the, I like that he's sort of trying to make Spencer his own, you know, Mm. as opposed to trying to just continue always doing the way things that, that Robert, uh, Parker did it. I mean, Spencer, Spencer, uh, right. He's still the, the, still the wisecracking, you know, the guy you like, right. And Hawk is Hawk, and and mm-hmm. and they're still tough, and they're still this and that. But he, um, you know, he's in the last the novel before this. Um, he had taken on some really bad dudes who uh, basically started a fire in his apartment that he had lived in for a million years, and so now he he moved. Spencer moved. He's uh, he's now living in Charlestown in the Navy Yard, uh, as opposed to Marlboro Street uh, in Boston in, in Back Bay. Um, and that in and of itself is interesting. He, you know, his descriptions of living in the Navy yard and, and, and living near old Ironsides, which Susan thinks is really funny, um, because <laughs> she considers him old Ironsides, I guess. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, so there's some of that and, and he does travel outside of Boston, um, down to Atlanta. Um, and it's just a really compelling story. Um, it starts off as sort of like a missing persons thing, but kind of grows into something much bigger than that. And, uh, as these cases typically do. And, uh, one of the things I like though, is that he has not changed one aspect of Spencer that, uh, one of the key aspects of Spencer that I think I, I like the most about Spencer is that it, he has a code. Spencer right. has a code. He lives by a code and, uh, that code is still strong within him. <laughs> the code lives the loudly, code within, lives him. loudly <laughs> within him. You know, it's it's become a thing uh, where these authors they they pass away. Yeah, and, Tom Clancy. Yeah, Tom Clancy and uh, uh, Vince Flynn. Right. Um, both of whom have uh, their new novels out in their main series, the uh, Jack Ryan stuff, and Vince Flynn's Mitch Rapp series. Both have new novels out by uh, Ghost Written. I don't know if it, I don't know if you call it Ghost Written, although that's, it's not really Ghost Written. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it, just new authors. Yeah, right? they, I mean, I'm not sure. There must be a phrase for it. They're calling it like they call it Robert B. Parker's Spencer. Right. Like they call I it mean, Tom Clancy's, you know, Jack Ryan. You know. It's, it's, you're getting the brand yeah. with a twist. So 30 years ago, I remember reading, like, it was James Bond novels written by some guy who yeah. wasn't Ian Fleming. Right, You know, right, it was right. new James Bond. I mean, it's not a new thing, but it, it seems co- very common now. Like, uh, publishers, it's a huge vested interest in to, to keep, oh, keep this stuff going. Absolutely. As much as they can. Well, think about Spencer. Not, not even just Spencer, but Robert B. Parker had Spencer... He has Jesse Stone. Yeah. And he had a Western series going. Right. Uh, and he also had a series with a female character, which he had kind of dropped before he died. Uh, but the character's name was Sonny Randall. And he'd written that book series specifically with it designed in his mind. I read this before, before he, he said this before he died. Um, specifically designed for to be a movie or a series of movies or a television show with um, a certain actress in mind to play the part. And he wrote the character with that particular actress in his mind, and that particular actress was Helen Hunt. Really? Yeah. He said that. And and, uh, so, uh, but but somewhere along the line, he stopped writing them. I think, you know, I don't know what happened. Maybe he was going to pick it back up again. Um, Or she said, this is terrible, I don't want to. Or maybe they just couldn't get it made. (laughs) You know, they couldn't, they just... You know, sometimes you can't just, you just can't get something made. Right. And, uh, so anyway, um, but that's, that's my pick. Uh, interestingly enough, coming out soon is, uh, speaking of Tom Clancy is a TV program on Amazon called Jack Ryan, um, really? starring John Krasinski right. as Jack Ryan. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. It's coming out this fall. Cause, uh, Chris Pine did a Jack Ryan he did. movie, which I kind of like. Yeah. This is going to be a, an Amazon series, yeah. and uh, I'm looking forward to that. I am too. I think it's going to be good because John Krasinski's a. Let's. I'm just going to say it. He's a better actor than Chris Pine. 
Yeah. And he is going to be great um, yeah. as Jack Ryan. If you've only seen him in The Office, he's done some other stuff yeah. since then. He, he was great in uh, 13 Hours. 13 Hours, right. 13 Hours, he was stellar. Um, so I think this is going to be good. Although I do like Chris Pine, but I do too. I'm not saying Chris Pine's bad, but I think John Krasinski's better. Yeah. That's all. I think Chris Pine should be uh, in a James Bond, um, not James, uh, Indiana Jones. There you go. He could do that. Yeah. So, um, what's your pick? So my pick is a new television show. And, and I think by the way, we very soon, we should do a, an episode of the father show where we talk about the new season of TV. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that's maybe our next. Yeah, maybe next the next episode. Uh, next well, episode. Yeah, because because all the new stuff is about to start up yep. again. But my pick uh, for this week is a new show, The Orville. Yeah, on Fox. Um, it's awesome. Now, this was one I was I was very worried about. Like I, I, I was kinda, nervous, not worried, but I was I was unsure. Of, yeah, like, and I'll tell you why. Come because it's Seth MacFarlane, <laughs> and while Seth MacFarlane can be funny, um. He's very crude. He is. Like, like, even, like the Ted, as funny as the Ted movies are. Well, the first one's funny. The first one's funny. Second one's disgusting. Yeah. It's just, it's, he just went too far. And that's, that's the family guy. It's all that stuff. Like Stewie, hysterical character, but he always goes too far. Yeah. He, he, and he's in his anti-Catholicism is. Legendary. Legendary. I, I, so he, it's too bad because he's a supremely talented guy. I yes. mean. He's funny, he can act, he can do the voices, and he can sing. And he's a really good singer. Yep. And it, and, and, I, and, I, and it just depresses me to no end to see a talented guy like that be so virul- virulently anti-Catholic. And, and so foul-mouthed and yeah. gross. So I was worried. No, but I was too. Um, it, it turns out that the... It's, first episode. The first, well, the, the series is also executive produced by... Andre Bormanis, who was the science consultant on Star Trek Next Gen, ended up becoming a producer on Star Trek, I think DS9, and uh, Brandon Braga, who yeah. was executive producer yeah. of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, I saw that. That made me feel like, okay, there's going to be some adults <laughs> helping run things. Yeah, I, I, I also watched this, and uh, it, it was I was very, very pleased. Yeah. Um, what interesting, um, when you were watching it, Dom, didn't, didn't, weren't you waiting for them to beam down and they never beamed. They always took shuttles. Right. There's no, there's no transporters, but there are a lot of these, these elements that they kind of joke about that. So they have like replicators, um, they have the, the colored coordinated Uniforms. uniforms. They have aliens who are, you know, like. Um, there's a, there's definitely a, a Mr. Worf sort of character who's a stern, <laughs> best bumpy headed guy. I love that guy. Yeah, he doesn't get any of the jokes. He's so funny. Now, you know, there's a wisecracking helmsman who is kind of, kind of crude at times, but not really bad. It, and I, the, the thing I was afraid of is it would just be like farcical, that it'd be like family guy farce. Right. It's actually, it's not serious sci-fi, but it, I, it really comes across as a workplace comedy set in the future in space. Yeah, and I thought it was a little bit more dramatic than I thought it was going to be. Um, right. That the relationship between himself and the first officer yeah, who his, was his, his ex-wife. ex-wife. <laughs> um, That's I, a great t- twist. It is a great twist. And I, 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 I just think that, you know, if they can continue the quality, I think this has a good chance of being a really really good show it might and be better than star trek discovery <laughs> it, it could be better than star trek discovery because star trek discovery it worries me worries me fantastically yeah um bad thing about doing these prequels to star trek i know i'm getting off base here but yep. the bad thing about doing these prequels to star trek is the technology has changed so dramatically in our filming and our special effects and everything else that it makes the old star trek look Look weird. Weird in comparison. Right, it's like how- so now you've got this new Star Trek show that's set like ten years before Kirk goes on his five year mission. But the technology on board is so much more advanced. Of exactly. Course. It's like what happened? What happened? Did they go to the, did they have an EMP or something? Yeah. Like <laughs> what, what happened to the Enterprise? Why is the Enterprise a piece of crap compared to your <laughs> ship? You know, I mean, it's just like- well, this was the problem with en- with Enterprise, the show. One of the right. problems. The, my problem with with. Um, prequels and i again i don't know why they're fascinated with prequels like why they can't just move forward in the star well, trek universe because it's harder to move forward it's harder because you're you're it's you're it's just as hard you're you're you're, you're jumping the technology way way far in advance and well is making it, it is, easier is that any harder than doing it as a prequel? well yes because in moving it forward you're kind of taking some of the dra- the drama out of it 
because you're there's the assumption of course that there's going to be a technology that it's going to be far superior to what they already have. Well, it doesn't have to be that much far forward. It doesn't have to be a hundred years far forward. Well, just I don't take, think. Just don't, start at the end of Voyager well, and move from there. That's my point. Why didn't they just start from where, say, Voyager or, or one of the movies? One left of the off. movies yeah. left off. Why not just do that? Why not do it with uh, with a new crew and a new ship, but, or, or, or an old crew member starting on a new ship? Or something like that. It, uh, yeah, would have Riker be a captain, or yes, yeah, I mean something, or uh, uh, Tom Paris, or yeah. you know somebody, you know. Uh, Tom, well, the actor who played Tom Paris doesn't act much anymore, but no, um, and get no way Garrett Wang. No, <laughs> the EMH as captain of a sh- from Voyager. That's the, right. Yeah, uh, but but you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, Seven it, of Nine as captain of a starship. But but this, the that. problem with prequel, I would too. The problem with prequels is you know what what's gonna like the. You've taken some of the suspense away because you know where it has to end. Right. You know where it's going. I agree. I, I don't like prequels, man. I don't. I don't. I don't like them. I, I think it's a mistake because in I think they're in television and movies, you're limited by what you can do. And in your storytelling, you're limited right. by time. And in, in a novel, a prequel in a novel is fine because you're you're you can do what you got to do to make it right fit into the universe. Um, but with television and movies. There's limitations. There is limit. There are limitations, and and the technology part of it is a big deal to me. Right. You know. I, I mean, it's got to fit. It's got to feel right. Right. And I get a feeling just based on what I've seen so far, it doesn't fit. And I'm that's well, going to bother me. I'm also nervous about some of the story stuff I've seen. Yeah. You know that the that the uh, the main character might be half Vulcan, which like a, and, which and, takes and, away and, from the uniqueness of Spock. Well, it's supposed to be like a stepsister of Spock's now. Right. Right. Spock, which we never child. heard of. Right. I mean, it's well, they well, he right. had his stepbrother. Remember? Oh, uh, yeah. Ken from Star Trek Five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I blocked that out. Why does <laughs> Why does God need a why, starship? Wisely, you blocked that out. <laughs> it's it's more like traumatic. <laughs> yeah. Post- PTSD. Traumatic. Yeah. yeah. PTSD. STD. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, no, but, Star Trek disorder. But, but I, th- I will say this: the Orville. I watched it Sunday night, and I was impressed with. Uh, I was impressed with the quality of it. Um, I was impressed with the quality of the special effects. The special effects were right on. There was and, no flaw in that. Uh, I really liked. I liked the visual design. I did too. I liked. I liked that they. Um, they're kind of making jokes about some of the things that you always thought about, about the old Star Trek stuff. Like, yes. Like bathrooms. And right. They, they actually, there was a character who actually went to the bathroom, yeah. which was great because like, you like, cause that was one of the jokes that all right. Star Trek fans make is you've never, you never see a bathroom on Star Trek. You never see a bathroom in a starship and you never see anybody go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. It never happened. So this guy go to the, or the, uh, the, the I gotta go to the bathroom. Can I go to the bathroom? The navigator. And the first time he meets the captain, he's, he's kind of like, um, so the previous captain had a policy where we could have sodas on the bridge <laughs> are you thinking you can continue that policy and he's like um i guess sure. keep it below the console yeah. and don't spill it right oh cool awesome so, thanks awesome. it's like it's like this sort of thing like like when you have like an all hands meeting to meet the new right, boss right like, there's that one guy who asks right. the stupid question that was the best that was so funny that guy was funny and i thought even that um the that, racist robot yeah the racist robot who doesn't like human beings um there's the uh well, the the same guy who went to the, had to go to the bathroom. He's the helmsman. The helmsman yeah. who's like the best friend to the to Seth MacFarlane's oh. character. He 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 has one line at some point where they're like battling these people. He's like, "Well, I guess we're not getting out at five o'clock today." <laughs> <laughs> or or when he, when you first see him, he's on a holodeck. Yeah, where he's in a samurai village fighting like an ogre that he's programmed. But he gave the ogre a really cool personality. Yeah. Hey, I'm Justin. Says the ogre to the. <laughs> And then, and then at the end of the scene, like I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it. That's funny. But it's like it's just it's but it's the sort of thing you're like, yeah, that sort of stuff ha- must happen in the Star Trek universe. Well, it's it, it's it, so Star Trek always shows you the top guys, the best guys. Yeah, these are sort of the middle guys. Yeah, these are the middle guys. <laughs> these are the real. These are the guys that who are not quite Enterprise material, like. Jean-Luc Picard would not be showing up on this starship. And uh, and if he did, he'd be really pissed. <laughs> yes. Um, however, I did, I did, there, you know, I think some of them, like, I love the uh, concept of the, uh, of the tiny little uh, 23-year-old woman who's the strongest person on the ship. Right, she's this 23, and she's this little alien, she's a security chief, but she's, comes from this planet, which, which, she's ultra strong. The gravity on her planet is different than the gravity on Earth, and so in it's a Earth, Superman thing. yeah. 
So in Earth Gravity, she is super strong. And it's so funny when she has to do something like just to open a door and, and he and then she does it and and he's like, Yeah, I loosened it for you. You know, it's but the, a typical guy thing to say. <laughs> yeah, like, like I loosened the pickle jar. Yeah. Uh in fact he does make the pickle jar joke. It's yeah, like, can you matter can you take care of this little pickle jar for me? <laughs> <laughs> but the main gag running through the first episode is, is this the, he's a captain, first his first command, and he finds out that his first officer is gonna be his ex wife. Oh, it's so and funny. So, so they they play this gag throughout it. So like at one point they're trying to stall the alien. Right. And he's like, So what do you think? <laughs> You know, it's like about my ex-wife, you know, saying this thing. Well, he plays it off as a hypothetical. He's yeah. like, so hypothetically, if your first officer was your ex-wife. <laughs> and she's like, I can't believe you're doing this right now. That's right. <laughs> and then and then the alien is sympathizing with the ex-wife. Right. Like, well, of course I'd be, you know, you, you'd be lonely. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The funny one of the funniest gags was when he when he's talking to the alien and he's off. off. Oh, he's on the aliens on the view screen. Yeah. And he's like off to the right of the view screen and he's like wait 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 like the alien's threatening like we're gonna destroy your ship we're gonna do this wait 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 a second could you like move two steps to your right because you're kind of off frame off frame and it's It's really disconcerting all I can think of is you being off frame (laughs) (laughs) I can't concentrate on what you're saying but it's so great because this is the sort of thing you think about when you watch the star so this is why the Orville is my pick because uh, it's a, gonna be fun. As a, as a sci-fi fan, uh, it, there was a lot of good gags. I mean, will they run out of the gags? I mean, you know what it is? It's like Galaxy Quest, right? Galaxy Quest had a lot of those gags in it. They had a little bit of the action. The question, although is, this is different than that, in that this is real, right? Right. It's not the actors from a TV show, right? But there was sort of the the the, the sort of playing the gags on like parts of the ship where. Where there are these things that pound. Remember in Galaxy Quest, it's right, like, right? Why right. would any starship have this corridor where there are these deadly things in the middle of where people are walking? Right. You know, um, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, no, I think this is going to be. It's going to be interesting to see how they maintain it. Can they sustain it. it? Yeah. Yeah. Can they sustain it? And can they? Um, can they keep telling stories where they, can, where they have to shuttle down someplace? Because the reason why Star Trek invented the transporter was because i didn't want to waste time shuttling back and forth the the enterprise the tv show enterprise managed it they did and i mean they they managed not to i mean part of it actually with star trek it was it was more expensive to build shuttle sets right than it was to create the the transporter effect right 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 so uh, we'll see i mean they maybe they'll maybe the i mean it actually could be a funny gag to have the transporter be invented and then people be kind of like, I don't want to use it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. This is brand new. This well, is that was of... the funny bit about the uh, the uh, the thing that they were trying to protect the the weapon. Yes, the the the, the ager thing, the yeah. aging device. Yeah, that was hysterical. He ages the banana. Oh, we need not fear the banana anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Does it work on other fruit? How about salads? <laughs> Like, yeah, they were demonstrating the the this device this, that it, it can age things uh, rapidly over like a hundred years and seconds, and uh, and he, and as they demonstrated on the banana, he's like, oh, well, we need not fear the banana anymore. We need not fear the banana. <laughs> that was so funny. But the funny thing about that scene, Dom, yeah, was that um they started playing off each other. Did you notice that the the first so, officer? Yeah. The captain, yes. They started playing off each other like they maybe like they did before. Yes, like, and I think I think they're gonna play that. Yeah, and that, I think they're gonna play relationship. The, that relationship over time will evolve back to a, a, a marriage, a marriage relationship. Yeah, you, you bet. I bet you. I bet it will. Because if if the show gets that long to to play it out, but I think um, yeah, it was an it was a good show. I was I I stayed till the end. If you get to stay till the end, so you kind of get. Some of the backstory. Um, don't don't skip out on the last thirty seconds. Of oh it. yeah, <laughs> it changes how you see the whole rest. Yeah, of the show. I think it does. So anyway, um, at one point he introduces her instead of introduces her as his first officer. This is my ex-wife. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's that's it. Uh, have, if you've seen the or the Orville, or if uh, by the time you listen to this, maybe you've seen Star Trek Discovery or some other shows, uh, you want some tips for us. Uh, let us know. Let we'll, us know. In fact, if you give us your feedback on the on the new shows this season, maybe we'll include it in our next show uh, as we talk about um, the uh, 
uh, season, the new, the new shows this the season. New television There's a season. lot of uh, military and police stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of looking forward to SWAT. Yeah, the return of SWAT. Return of SWAT with Shamar Moore. I loved that when I was a kid. I did too, and I like Shamar Moore. Yeah. He's a good actor. So, uh, so yeah, so this has been The Father's Show. Uh, you can find links to everything we've discussed in our Picks of the Week on our website at The Father's Show. You can email us at feedback at thefathershow.com. On Twitter, the show is at The Father's Show. I'm at Betnet, B-E-T-T-N-E-T. I'm at Chines, C-H-I-N-E-S. And we're on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash The Father's Show. If you like the show, please recommend us to your friends, share links to our website on social media, write a review of the podcast on iTunes. Uh, Anything you can do helps. Uh, And with that, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. So long.